0: 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to be reading verses 32 through 51. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, David, Thou art not able to go out against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth or a lad. And he is a man of war, and he's been one for a long, long time from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and struck him, or smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and hit him again, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor. I am in the right place, am I not? And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, tried to go, but he had not proved the armor. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come over here, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beast of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. And I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand." And I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. It came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. That David ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag. And took from there a stone. And he slung it, or slung it says here in my Bible. And smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they ran. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Shearim, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. This is probably, for almost everyone, one of the most familiar accounts or stories or narratives in all of the Bible. We've known, heard them from the time we were uh, knee high to a grasshopper. The story of David and Goliath. And what a great story it is. The two armies, the two armies, the Philistine army And the army of Israel are looking at each other across the valley for 40 days. 40 days. They were over there. Israel was over here. And they were looking at each other and waiting, apparently, for something. This went on about 40 days. Goliath had paraded around... Shouting his taunts with a voice like a bull. The story is one for all time. And the reason it's a story for all time is that it depicts the victory of faith over the might of the world. It depicts the victory of faith over the might of the world. It is in part the history of the church and teaches you and me how the battles for God are to be fought. It's right here in this story. How are we how do we make war as the people of God? And it's right here in this story. <clears throat> this battle can be summed up this way. A young man accepts the challenge of the giant and jumps into the arena and overcomes, not because of his own strength, but because he trusts in the Lord God of Israel. This young man is not, he's not like Samson. He's not like that at all, but he is showing us the holy spirit had this put in the bible for us so that all of us would know how we are to make war against our foe who is always making war against us amen amen we should notice the youthful enthusiasm in this lad this young man which causes him ...to get into the conflict. When the Spirit of the Lord left Saul... ...his courage left at the same time. When the Spirit of the Lord left Saul... ...he once walked with God to a certain extent... ...but when he was disobedient... uh, ...the Bible tells us... ...that the Spirit of the Lord... ...left him, rejected him, set him aside and when that happened his courage went out with that uh, his courage went out and his enthusiasm for the nation of israel left him the bible tells us that saul is now at this particular time in first samuel chapter 17 he is buffaloed like all the people of israel And of Goliath. As Saul meets with David, his meeting with him shows him to be a very timid person. Not an humble person, but a very timid person. Saul meets with David and his meeting with him shows that he is very timid. Now, he is hard to be aroused now. Even by David's boldness. He's hard to be aroused, even by David's boldness. And he is full of precaution and objections. He is full of precautions and full of objections. As Saul and David walk together, we realize that one of them has lost the Spirit of God and the other has received the Spirit of God that strengthens every believer who puts their trust in God. That's all right to be quiet. Just nod your head and that's good enough. As they walk along together, we realize that one of them, the Spirit of God, has gone out of him and the other has received the Spirit which strengthens the child of God. David apparently is quite unaffected by the terror, the terror that has terrorized the entire army of Israel. All, all of the Israeli fighters were terrified. They tried not to show it, I'm sure, but that's what what their experience was all throughout the nation of Israel. It was not just youthful daring nor was it foolish underestimating of danger which prompted his words. It was not just youthful daring nor foolish underestimating of danger which prompted the words that David said. The ring, let's listen to this, the ring of true faith is in David's words. The ring of true faith is in David's words. His words portray for us how we may surround ourselves with an atmosphere that will keep faint-heartedness off of us. Now, I'm going to read that again because all of us need to hear it. Some of us need to hear it greatly. His words portray portray for us how we may surround ourselves with an atmosphere that will keep faint-heartedness or cowardice off of us and which will make us impervious to faithless fear which is surrounding them all. What do we do when we're facing off? with the evil one how do we prepare ourselves the man who trusts in God the man who trusts in God should be like a great pillar of fire that is shining brightly in the darkness of terror and making a rallying point for others who have weak hearts the man who trusts in God should be like a great pillar of fire that is shining brightly in the darkness of terror and making a rallying point for weaker hearts. Amen. When, panic, when panic has engulfed all the others, the Christian has reason for courage. We need to know that. Alfredo, we need to know that. When panic has engulfed all those around the child of God, the child of God has reason for courage. David conquered the temptation to share in the cowardice of Israel before he conquered the giant. I know I'm repeating a lot, but it's purposeful and it's it's meaningful and it's the right thing to do. David conquered the temptation to share in cowardice before he conquered the giant. And I think that may, that may have been the worst battle of the two. Saul was the embodiment of worldly wisdom. Saul was the embodiment of worldly wisdom and of calculating, calculating prudence. While David was the embodiment of courage and faith. I don't know, I hope we all see there's a very clear delineation there between what is good and what is not good. Saul was the embodiment of worldly wisdom and calculating that's the underscored word there calculating prudence while david was the embodiment of courage and faith saul made something of a minor effort to persuade david to stay away from the battlefield his heart really wasn't in it but he said to david i don't think that's a good idea he spoke of probabilities he spoke of probabilities and like all calculations of this type his results are right except except that he has not taken all forces into account he looks at David and he sees that he's not real big he doesn't appear to be very strong he has some about him. He has some desire about him. He has some fear that may may be trying to get in. But Saul tries to get him to stay away from the battlefield. He spoke of probabilities and like all calculations of this type, his results are right, or we could say they're nearly right, except that he has not taken all the forces into account. The omission caused him to come to this false conclusion yes David is just a lad and it's absolutely the case that Goliath is a great giant nine feet six inches I believe is what his height was he's got you (laughs) he's got you he's really got me but he's got you David is just a lad and it's absolutely the case that Goliath is a giant. Uh, years ago, there was a thing going through the church where you if you said it, uh, it was not a good thing. And I could discuss that for a while, but just want to allude to it. Um, I remember a man that was a pastor in this area at that time. And... Uh, I think they were having some testimonies or something, and he told how that he took out his checkbook and laid it on the table, and he said, "That is not true. That balance is not true." Well, David didn't do that. He knew that he was a little guy, and he knew that this man was a giant, and that he that he. Um, was a veteran of many wars. He, Saul said, he's been a man of war from his youth. And the giant has always conquered. The giant has always conquered. But that is not all that is to be said. If it were, then the lad could not go out and fight the Philistine bully. But if Saul has made the mistake of leaving God out of his calculations, that makes a difference. In fact, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Saul looked at David. He saw what was there. He looked at Goliath. He saw what was there. But he had left something out of his calculation, and it was God. How many have done that? Come on now, yeah. on up to it, we've all done it. We've all done it. If Saul has made the mistake of leaving God out, that makes a huge difference. The same mistake of leaving God out of our calculations is still being repeated to this very Sunday morning the same mistake that Saul made of leaving God out when you and I make that same mistake it makes a difference it makes all the difference the same mistake of leaving God out of our calculations is still repeated and will be repeated this very day And tomorrow and from then on. The same mistake is being committed. Repeated. And the victories of faith. The victories of faith are a constant surprise to the world. And to a worldly church. The victories of faith are a constant surprise to the world and to the church. Because we're not calculating God into our situations where we are. Sometimes we have something that's coming down the road at us. We're looking down the barrel of the gun. We're children of God. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been forgiven of our sins. Our name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. One day, by the grace of God, you and I are going to go to a better place than here in South Carolina. We're going to a better place. But I'm afraid that until we learn that when we are calculating what is going to be done, where we're going to go, what we're going to say, unless we start calculating God into that, It's not going to be pretty. See, the world, I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't upset anyone, but I'm going to say it anyway. The world hears us talk about faith, and the world hears us talk about people being healed, and miracles they just don't see very much. They don't see much. It's all words. It's all words. When God works a miracle, a bona fide miracle, I'm not talking about these idiots that put a little thing in their ear and they try to fake it. And I tell you what, God don't like it one bit. We have to have a proper and real calculation. Yes, there are things out there. Yes, there are things that we have no control over that are coming our way. But we must put God into the mix. He must be calculated in with all the other calculations. He must be. He must be. David's story of his fights with the wild beasts was intended to overcome Saul's objection. Saul said, I appreciate the fact you want to go, but you can't go. You're you're just a young whippersnapper. So David is trying to overcome Saul's objection by showing him that though he was more of a youth, When this happened He had demonstrated His power He had demonstrated The power of God He tells first How he caught the bear by his beard And struck him And killed him Then he brings in The true basis of his confidence David had factored God in David's calculations Included God How do I know that? Here's what he said. The Lord delivered me. The Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. And the Lord will deliver this giant into my hand. He will deliver. He will deliver. Faith, faith has a right to argue from the past to the, to the future. Faith has a right. You say, what do you mean? Faith draws from God whose resources and patience cannot be exhausted. Faith has a right to argue. From the past to the future. Why is that? Faith draws from God. Whose resources and whose patience. Cannot. Has never. And never will be exhausted. We can listen to Paul's words. Listen to what he said. Who delivered us from so great a death. And doth deliver. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver. You ought to have some, some storehouse where everything you see God do in your life, you put it in that storehouse. Listen, you're going to need it. I'm going to need it. We're all going to need it. Paul said, God has been delivering us and he is delivering us now. And he will yet deliver us again and again and again. Saul gives David a parting blessing. He says, The Lord be with thee. Wonder why he said that. Why would he say that? The Lord be with thee. This is spoken by Saul from an awareness that the Lord had left him. That the Lord had left him. Somebody says, well, my God is not like that. Well, you don't have the same God of the Bible. All Saul had to do, all you and I have to do, is what God tells us to do. What God shows us to do. I realize in a congregation there's varying degrees of of most everything brothers and sisters the spirit of God left Samson the spirit of God left Saul we don't want that to ever happen nothing 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 even comes close saul said to david go and the lord be with you because he was aware that the spirit of the lord had left him and that his day of going into battle with the assurance with the assurance of god's help was a thing of the past Yes, God loves us. He loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world, knowing what men would do to him. Yes, he loves us. But That's not the only thing that's in the Bible. Samson deliberately, willfully, knowingly put his head in Delilah's lap Again and again and again. And when finally the time came for Samson to rise up and do something. The Bible says he went out and shook himself and knew not that the spirit of the Lord had gone away from him. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Learn. To hear the voice of the Lord Most churches only have one pastor We have two pastors We are not supposed to do all your hearing That's not God I'm sorry I've seen preachers They want everybody to be totally dependent on them Everything that happens in their lives It's got to come through No, that's not true That's not right That's not God he wants us to have a private life with Him that is every bit as real or even more real than the public life we have with Him. It is for every child of God. He said, my sheep hear my voice and my sheep know my voice. Listen, God wants you to hear Him. He wants you to hear Him. He wants you To hear him. Saul knew. He knew. That while he's saying may the Lord go with you. He knew the Lord was not with him. And he knew that his day of going into battle. With an assurance of God's help. Was in the past. Then we see that Saul wanted to make David safe. Before he left. Dressing him in his royal attire. Putting his helmet and sword on him. But David soon found out that he could not move about very well with all of that on him. So he scrapped it. Look at the difference between David and Goliath. Goliath comes to confront David regarding his own magnificence. Goliath comes to confront David regarding his own magnificence. We could say it this way, he was brass all over. He was brass here and brass there and brass everywhere. Goliath resents the insult of Israel sending such a foe to fight with him that all he had was a shepherd's sling and five smooth stones. The five smooth stones. If God can take a giant down with such insignificant means, a slingshot and five stones, he can do anything with or without any tools. And David knew that. David knew it. If God can take down a giant, actually, as far as we know, David only fired off one shot, a slingshot and a stone. He can do anything without any tools whatsoever. But he's given us tools. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. See, Saul didn't have that anymore. He had disobeyed the Lord knowingly. He knew exactly what God said for him to do. But he decided to do it his own way. That is never a good thing to do. Faith that is unarmed, totally unarmed, is really, when it's true faith, Faith that is armed is armed with more than three thicknesses of steel when we have faith in God. When you have faith in God. Sometimes the world would tempt us to fight with its weapons. Sometimes the world would tempt us to fight with its weapons. The church as a whole whole and the individual Christians have been tempted and hampered in Saul's harness. David let him put it on him, but he said, I can't even move around with this thing. He knew that it wasn't what God wanted him to do. But the more we keep ourselves, the more we keep ourselves, to the simple methods about which we read in God's holy word the more likely we will be to conquer we cannot win with the weapons that are carnal we cannot win with weapons that are carnal goliath will only be defeated by swords and armor but he he, he doesn't know what to To make of the sling. He will not be defeated. By swords. And by armor. But he doesn't know what to make of a sling. He's never seen it. In war before. And he does not see the stone. Until it bashes. His skull. In. The blowhard. The blowhard. Who is full of contempt for David and who is full of confidence in himself he says he will make this boy food for vultures and animals i don't know about you but it sounds to me like a bully david answers the bully with confidence that is buoying him to the surface all the time He is an example of the way in which God's warriors go out to fight. They go out no matter what the odds are. They go out no matter what the odds are. The man or woman or young person who can say, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, has no need to fear an army of Goliaths. A total army, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Goliaths. If you and I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, we don't have to fear no matter how many Goliaths are around us. He who defies the armies of Israel. He who defies the child of God. Has the Lord. To reckon with. David's faith sees the victory. Before the battle. Even starts. All the world. Will see the proof. That the people of God. Have an almighty God. And an almighty helper in our King and our God. David's faith sees the victory before the battle starts. A soldier in the Lord's army who is trusting in himself. Are you listening to me? A soldier who is trusting in himself, cannot have faith in God. A soldier who is trusting in himself cannot, does not, will not have faith in God. To fight in the name of the Lord requires that you and I stop hiding In ourselves. If we're going into battle for him. We should go into battle. Expecting. To conquer. Expecting. To win. The fight ended before it began. This was what one soldier got. And his fate was an omen. A sign. Of what would befall the rest. Of the Philistines. Your Bible and mine says. This is the victory. That overcomes the world. Even our faith. Faith in God. That old preacher used to say on radio. He's going to be with the Lord now. He said. You don't have a problem. You just need faith in God. You and I, if we have faith in God, we are already more than conquerors. We are already winners. We are already in the right way, doing the right thing at the right time. I liked a message that uh, Peter Lord used to preach, and others picked it up from him. It goes like this. Here's what we need to do as Christians. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing. My brothers and sisters, God wants us to know. He wants us to know. He wants us to live in the reality that no matter what is coming our way, He is more than enough. He is more than enough. It's not just that He can handle it. It's not just that he can win in this little battle we have. But he is more than enough. The person whose trust and faith in God. The devil cannot. He cannot defeat them. He cannot defeat us. He cannot keep us from being successful in our walk with God. It's impossible. It's impossible. Would you stand together and let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God you are, Lord. What a mighty God you are. What a mighty God you are. You're Alpha and Omega. You're the first and the last. You're the beginning and the end. You see the end from the beginning. Even before the beginning, you see. Lord, we thank you this morning that you're wanting to encourage us in our faith. You're wanting our faith to rise. You're wanting our faith to grow. We don't have to pretend that something is not happening. It may be happening, but our God reigns. Our God reigns. He reigns today. He knew about what was gonna happen to you yesterday, a long time ago. He knew about it. He knew about it. And he's thoroughly prepared to bring you in victory through your situation get your heart fixed on God you can't fix that situation you'll never be able to fix that situation but if you'll get your eyes on the Lord he'll give us the victory I got to tell you one of my favorite stories it's not very long A minister that i highly regard and highly expect respect he was a traveling minister he went all over the world but he had a local church that he attended when he was not on the road and it had a lady pastor and it was a very thriving church but she wanted to take some time off i don't remember what the amount of time it was but she asked him would you would you take over while i'm gone and he thought about it a little bit and he said i'll do my best i'll do my best well some of you might ex- might be guessing already the church started going down now, here's a man that's been asked to fill the role of pastor. A woman has been doing it. She has been greatly successful. But now he sees, and fear starts to fill his heart. One of the greatest ministers that I know. And it started clutching at his, his innards. And he was, he didn't know what to do. He knew she was probably hearing the story. He said one night he was laying in bed, his wife was laying over there. And he said, a small angel came into the room, hopped up on the bed, got between him and his wife, and started looking up and dancing back and forth. I'm not gonna dance, so don't worry about that. She, the angel just began, didn't say a word, didn't touch him, didn't say a word, just looking up and smiling and smiling and smiling and smiling, smiling and smiling. And then it looked at him. Didn't say a word, got down off the bed, went out of the room and he knew that God was saying to him you got to get your eyes off of what you see what is going on if you'll get your eyes on God you'll start smiling you'll start smiling and things will start working everything will be fine he got the message the first time he started putting it in the hands of the Lord and the things started coming back even went beyond where it was before. I wish God would let an angel come right down through here this morning so that you and I could look up with him or him or her or whatever it is and see the Father smiling. It would help every one of us. It would help us. It helped him. The enemy... Wants to fill us with fear. He wants us to believe that our situation, unlike other people's, our situation is hopeless. And he is a liar. He is a liar. That angel never said a word. Just came in, got on the bed between them, and just danced up and down. Up and down, up and down, up and down, down. smiling smiling, smiling, smiling and then looked at him and he got it. Somebody here needs to turn your eyes on God this morning. We need to turn our eyes on Him. Could we sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn for yeah. We bow before you, Lord. We bow before you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Of your kingdom there will be no end. Of your kingdom there will be no end. Your word says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth. It doesn't say heaven. It says the earth the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, renew us by your Spirit right now, we pray. Renew us, oh God. Renew our faith, Lord. Help us to calculate you into our situation, Lord. Without you in there, it's all over. Lord, when you are in our situation with us, the devil cannot stop us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord. Lord.
0: something, I always change the wording in one line of that song. Lord, you are more precious than silver, more costly than gold. Instead of putting in it more beautiful than diamond, I put in it more beautiful than portions. Portions. You can put something in there and sing it to the Lord. We're going to sing it one more time. Lord, you are. Oh Open your heart to the Lord right now. He's here. He's here. He is here. He is here. Open your heart to Him. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: you lord we glorify you lord hallelujah
1: hallelujah